Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to another episode of Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. New and improved, a little bit, kind of, whatever, we're fine. Today's mood that we're going to be diving into is all about self-growth. It's very pertinent to where I'm at in my life, and I figured before we just dive into taking on even more moods and more topics and getting together with all my girlfriends and people I really want to talk to in LA, I thought we would just kind of start where we're at and how we got here and talk about how you can develop your self-growth as well. So let's jump right into this week's episode starting off with the best mood and the worst mood of the week I mean we're all human you can't have a week where you literally are never in a bad mood it's just like literally impossible but for once I feel like my best mood actually outweighed my worst mood which is a turn of events for your girl my best mood was definitely hustling it's so funny because last week obviously the topic was kind of anti-hustle culture and priorities but for some reason I think just with everything that I had kind of dealt with over the past week and a half and then seeing Kenzie and having some stuff pop up I felt that I was really just hustling for the first time and I felt really really good I mean I'm a self-starter I'm someone who you know works from home and is kind of like freelance per se and without motivation and routine and kind of stuff like that sometimes it's hard to get on that hustle grind which is why I'm always so kind of like anti-hustle more priority balance but for some reason last week my best mood really came from the hustle of it all I had a ton of different stuff to do I had a ton of stuff to gear up for and I was actually working because I was motivated and passionate about stuff not just because I felt like I had to so I know we can all feel like we're in that rut when it's just kind of repeating the motions and going to work because obviously you have to go to work it really kind of lifts your mood when you're actually working because you're passionate and you're into what you're doing and you love the work that you're doing so I think I was hustling so much because I got overwhelmed with all the stuff that I want to do but I actually felt good enough to do it and to execute on it and it felt so good for the first time in a long time just kind of getting home from the day and being like wow I haven't even sat down all day or wow I actually got so much done today and then just kind of doing things that maybe I have thought about doing but didn't have the energy or the motivation to do them just like those kind of like little like passion things so that was definitely my best mood of the week was weirdly actually working and hustling because it really stemmed from passion and a good place which leads me to my worst mood of the week which definitely was anxiety I mean obviously I have anxiety every single day I mean if you guys know me you know that I've been super super open with my anxiety always with my anxiety I take medication for it and I do a ton of things to make it manageable because it's never going to go away it's just going to be something that I know how to live with and how I live with it my best right and so I feel like when you're going through a lot of change or something new is kind of taken over you for instance my quote unquote mood of hustling I really found myself having a different form of anxiety 
to the point where it was affecting my sleep. And so it kind of just dampened my mood a little bit because I got so exhausted and just my mind was racing so much with it, which is obviously not the worst mood ever because it was all like positive stuff. But I think that my, I couldn't get my brain to shut off and I was just kind of anxious more at night. And so it didn't really allow me to sleep. And you guys know what I always say, if you don't recharge, obviously you can't be the best version of yourself the next day. So that was definitely my worst mood of the week was just kind of like this new form of anxiety where it's kind of manifesting itself now because anxiety can kind of manifest and change and evolve. And mine definitely took a little bit of a turn this week and started manifesting itself in like totally different ways that I was like wait what is going on but it's definitely not the worst mood I have had worse moods before therefore I'd say overall it was a really good week our first sponsor of today's episode is one of our favorites it is love book you guys Valentine's Day is almost here and if you still don't have a gift you need to get a love book. Love books help customers express their sentiments that may be difficult to say out loud. Each book is completely customizable, but most customers use them to list the reasons why they love someone. Users can create characters that look just like themselves and the recipient down to the outfits and accessories. I would need like full glam and full gold accessories. While customers have the option to personalize each page as much as they like, they also have an express option that creates a complete book with just a few clicks. So it's really, really thoughtful, but it's really, really easy. Love books are the perfect gift for Valentine's Day, and we know that is coming up soon. Love book even offers a membership program now. You can save immediately on your purchase today and also receive 50% off any future purchases. Love book is not for yourself, you guys. I know we're all about self-love, but this ain't it, sis. It is always a gift. It is ideal for that special someone that really deserves a meaningful present. All you guys have to do is visit lovebookonline.com slash mood to receive a special 20% discount only for my listeners. That's lovebookonline.com com slash mood to receive a special 20% discount only for my listeners. Okay, so now for the mood boosters, which I think really, really, really boosted my mood this week. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I was freaking out about like my skin because I've been struggling with the craziest acne. So my first mood booster is celery juice. And this is such a a serious serious mood booster you guys this is like not a joke this isn't just like oh it boosts my mood like it boosts everyone's mood okay this is not a drill I wanted to talk about it too because I feel like I get so many questions whenever I post about it so I wanted to just do a quick mood booster deep dive into it to convince you guys to try it I literally was at an event on Friday night and I was almost screaming at this girl to go buy celery juice I was like I'm very passionate about real life influencing and I need to influence you to do this please will you do it will you try it just five days please like that's how much I want people to do this I drank it for five days straight and on day like four or five, I noticed that all my acne was gone, like actually gone, like really gone. I've been struggling with my skin for so long and it really felt like it was something that was coming from the inside of my body out because I take such good care of my skin and I was kind of breaking out in the similar places where it's like hormonal or clearly something that's coming from your digestive or your liver or something like that and you know me I love food so I'm not over here trying to be like well let me cut out dairy or gluten um no thank you like I'm good you know I want to still be able to eat those things and not look like there's about to be a moon landing on my face so I randomly decided to get back on the celery juice train mostly because I just felt like I kind of needed the cleanse in general and all of a sudden it cleared up my skin so now I'm absolutely addicted to it I feel absolutely amazing for so many freaking reasons so I'm gonna tell you guys the 
the key things you need to know about celery juice. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Celery juice. This whole trend, quote unquote trend, started from the medical medium. Okay. So if you don't know anything about celery juice, you need to type in on Instagram medical medium. He has amassed such a large following because of all the success stories and just everyone that's getting on the celery juice train. He has a whole book about it and he's really, really well known. It's such a big trend because people actually see results. So it's not just like a new kind of fancy like kale or something like that. It's there's so much detail behind it but then actual all these pictures that he posts of people that have these like life-changing stories whether it's like an autoimmune system disease thing that they've cured literally from the celery juice or something else that he talks about or their acne or just like all these crazy different things where it's like okay the proof is in the pudding and the pudding is like not lying what no the proof is in the pudding and the and the pudding is looking good You know what I mean? What you need to do is you need to drink 16 ounces of celery juice on an empty stomach when you wake up first thing in the morning. Everyone always asks me, Lauren, but doesn't it taste like shit? I've never tasted shit, but I don't think it tastes like this. I I don't really care about like the flavor of green juice. I don't really think it's that bad. And celery to me is like pretty watery and like a little bit green. So if you can chug it really quick to clear your skin, like I feel like that's a solid compromise. It's like it's not that bad. And the reason why you don't want to put anything else in it in passing when I'm talking to my friends, the way I describe it is like, yeah, there's probably water in like, you know, sugary lemonade. But that doesn't mean like, oh, you got your water intake like it kind of messes with it's you know, it 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 combines and it changes the substance. It's no longer just like water. The medical medium obviously does a way better job of explaining this than I do. So basically what happens is when you juice the celery, the celery juices, sodium cluster salts are what help you heal. The sodium cluster salts are an undiscovered subgroup of beneficial sodium in celery juice that offers tremendous healing benefits, which makes celery juice the most powerful electrolyte beverage on the planet. Okay, I'm not making this stuff up because I'm also reading it verbatim. So you obviously don't want to mix anything in it. It's like so good on its own for your body that that when you mix something in with it, it kind of takes away from that. A lot of people were also asking me how to make it or where I get it. So sometimes I'm super, super lazy and I happen to obviously live in Los Angeles where there's tons of places to get juice. So I'll honestly just go out and get it. But if you're really, really committed to this, I don't think that's a good idea financially, obviously, because celery is so inexpensive, like literally so inexpensive. There's absolutely no reason to buy it I shouldn't even be buying it and when people drink it for long periods of time like their overall health improves so 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 much so if you're really really interested how you make it at home is you take a large bunch of celery you wash it and you juice it obviously or you can chop up the celery you blend it in a high speed blender until it's like totally smooth and then you strain it through a fine mesh strainer or a cheesecloth like nut bag situation so that is a lot easier I think think honestly because I feel like juicers are really annoying to clean and this whole thing but if you have a good juicer like a hundred percent use it but I think what I'm gonna do is maybe try also the chopped version by putting it in the blender and then just kind of like squeezing it out I'm gonna see if it makes a difference so it's really really affordable which I think is really cool because sometimes wellness trends are like super super expensive and the benefits that you get from this are crazy I mean my skin is completely clear I have chronic pain problems so I get really really bad inflammation and I get really really bad bloating and all of those things have have completely gone away after two days or two days two weeks of drinking celery juice in the morning I will warn you like quick side note if you're listening to this alone make sure you're listening to this alone 
you will poop a lot. You're going to poop. You're going to literally flush everything out of your system. You think coffee is bad? Yeah, no. Oh, wow. Someone's doing construction next door. It's like God's telling me to stop talking about poop. But no, like seriously, when you drink coffee, you know how you're like, oh, no, I got to go to the bathroom. Like celery juice. It's like, oh, no, I'm either going to shit my pants or run to the toilet. You're cleansing out so much when you initially start it that it's just going to be flushing out of your system. Whereas, for instance, I've been doing it for two weeks and I had celery juice this morning and I there was no rushing to the toilet involved. That's enough TMI. I literally don't like talking about poop. I apologize deeply. The reason it's also a mood booster is because celery juice is actually really good for clearing up brain fog, alleviating anxiety, and depression. You can read all about the reasons why. I don't want you guys to come at me. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I gather this information and then I try it and I feel it and I feel amazing. It's a mood booster and I share it with you guys. It strengthens your entire immune system. It cleanses your liver. It restores your adrenals, which are something that are really, really run down on most of us. I have really, really run down adrenals, which is the thing that really helps you kind of get energy and get going. And it reduces bloating. It helps with acne, eczema, rosacea, just like literally everything under the sun. That's kind of those things that there's not really medicine for almost. It just fixes. So I obviously have been buying the celery juice. I've been feeling amazing, but I really want to see what happens if I stick with it for a long period of time because I've only done it as kind of like a cleanse. So I want to start making it like a total every morning mood booster routine. And I'm that person that always talks to you guys about like cleaning up your bedroom and cleaning up your environment. And for some reason in this house that I've lived in for literally a year, I've never really taken it upon myself to really fully like utilize my kitchen and make that environment something that I want to spend time in. So that's kind of what I did today is I cleaned out everything like like everything. I made sure I stocked the fridge and made sure all my appliances were in the right places and just had the ingredients that I actually use and making sure I actually just have food to give me fuel throughout the day so that I'm not having to like rely on delivery apps and stuff like that. So now that I've kind of like adjusted my kitchen into an environment that makes my mood uplifted, I think I'm going to start doing the celery juice at home. I know that I'm really lazy and I know that I shouldn't be buying it. So this is me holding myself accountable. I'm going to start making it at home. Then my next mood boosters are the skincare things that I also feel have been really helping. I think obviously the celery juice and the water have made the biggest, biggest difference for me. But the two things that I've been just like really addicted to and loving that have just been making my skin feel so good because I don't know, like doing my skincare just makes me feel so happy. I feel like it gives me something to do at home with my hands and I'm just focused on it and it's just almost like relaxing. So what I've been using is the butterfly balm from Sonia Dakar and I feel like this is just really, really nourishing and healing for my skin. I feel like it's really just this epic formula of things that are all clean and just so unique that are just enriching my skin and making it so soft and glowy. I've had it for a while and I've started really, really using it for the past couple weeks because my skin got kind of dry when I started using retinol. And so this has really, really saved it completely. And I'm just addicted to the way it makes my skin feel. And then my last mood booster is Summer Fridays because I've been one of Summer Fridays number one fans from day one. But with products, Obviously, someone who loves products, things kind of get lost or I try new things and then I forget to go back to things. And so I finally went back to using Summer Fridays religiously and holy shit, I forgot how incredible it makes my skin. 
I remember when I was shooting a show years ago and we were shooting like 14, 15 hours a day. All I would do is go home, wash my makeup off, put summer Fridays on and every single morning someone would be like, wow, your skin looks amazing. Like what did you do last night? And that was literally the only thing I did. My boyfriend's addicted to summer Fridays. He uses the jet lag mask and the CC Me serum. Since my skin was clearing up from the celery juice, I thought, okay, I can introduce a new product and not break out. So thank God nothing made me break out. Even though I've already used the stuff before, I was still kind of nervous because my skin has been so weird. And the CC Me Serum combined with the jet lag mask, my skin has never felt just like better. I don't even know how to describe it to you guys. If you haven't used the jet lag mask, you're so late (laughs) to the game. Come on, guys. It is amazing. I just, I can't recommend it enough. It gives you literally instant results. It really, really rehydrates and just like revitalizes your skin immediately. So when you wake up in the morning, you look so much better. I just, I can feel the difference in the texture and just the hydration. I just look more awake and like I'm alive where I don't really always feel alive. So this is a very good life hack. Another quick break with a word from Uber. From the steps they've taken inside the app to what they're doing outside of it, it's great to see how Uber is committed to safety and to continuously raising the bar to help make safer journeys for everyone. For starters, all drivers are background checked before their first ride, which includes driving and criminal history checks. On top of this, Uber rescreens drivers every year and uses technology to look for issues in between. And for those just-in-case moments, everyone who rides and drives with Uber also has access to an emergency button in the app that quickly connects them to 911. And now Uber has introduced a brand new safety feature called RideCheck. Using GPS and smartphone sensors, RideCheck can detect if a trip goes unusually off course and check in to provide support. RideCheck is just one of the ways Uber is committed to safety. Learn more at uber.com safety. That's uber.com safety. I honestly just really love things that give good results. Like it makes me so excited and so happy to like hop on and try it. If you follow like Mariana Hewitt on Instagram, she's one of the founders of Summer Fridays, who's also someone if you guys want me to get on the podcast, I totally will because she is just such a girl boss. And then also like lifestyle, skincare, just literally everything goals. But If you look at her stories and their stories, people's skin have seriously changed with these products. Just amazing, amazing, incredible results. Like between Summer Fridays, Sonia Dakar, and the medical medium, like those are things that I've actually seen physical evidence of incredible results from. And so that's why I get so excited and stoked to share it with you guys. And then also why I personally jump on the train as well. So between these three things, my mood has been out of control. Amazing mood booster approved. Now let's get into the mood of the day, which is self growth self. (laughs) So this is something that I, I kind of knew the mood and the vibe of what I wanted to talk about this week, but I didn't know the right adjective for it, which is literally my biggest struggle with this podcast is literally thinking of the words. Um, that's why you go to college, everybody. And I, it was so interesting because I feel like once I opened up about how I was feeling a few weeks ago, and I know I didn't dive too deep into anything because I was just like such not in a good mental place, but I felt like I started seeing more and more people kind of talk about it as well from just like other influencers talking about it, even some of my friends in real life. And then weirdly enough, the Taylor Swift documentary and the Justin Bieber documentary had parts of it that really resonated with me as well, kind of about that self self-growth. Oh my God, that is such a hard word to say. I can't. I apologize in advance. Obviously, like Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber are two like unhumanly humans that have experienced things that none of us will ever experience. But I think the reason obviously they make these documentaries is because there are human relatability issues 
aspects to them. So I felt like I related to some of those things on a smaller scale. And I was really watching it. And I honestly... I'm not gonna like lie I did I wasn't as stoked on the Taylor Swift documentary as I thought I was gonna be I really thought it was gonna be like the best night ever I was so excited to watch it over the weekend and it was good it just wasn't like oh my god like I didn't cry or anything but like like I said I think my antidepressants are like really doing a number on me because I really don't cry easily anymore ever since I upped my dose that's not even me being funny like it's genuinely something I've noticed but so I didn't cry but I really did like a lot of the stuff she said kind of about self-growth especially in the public eye once again not saying I'm in the public eye like her at all but what she said is like when you're living from the approval of strangers one bad thing can cause everything to crumble so for someone like me Yes, I'm living for the approval of my audience. So when something really triggers me, it does feel like it's crumbling. But then I I feel like it also relates to if you're someone who just genuinely lives for the approval of others because it's kind of just a self issue that you have or if it's, you know, your friends and that stuff. Like I remember in high school, if my friends were all mad at me and I was left out, like that hurt more than just like anything in the world. Cause all you really want is like the approval from other people. But obviously you can't build your life around that, which is why self growth is so important and why I think the other week triggered me so much is because I knew I had so much self-reflection and growth and changes I wanted to make. And then it was just the perfect timing of criticism to make me crumble even more because I was already dealing with so many things. And then the outside like crept in so hard and it just everything kind of went to pieces. But I feel like a lot of the growth really comes from when you're at a low point. And not that you have to be at like your bottom, but no one's ever really perfect. I feel like there's something we can always want to change. So a lot of times when you're not feeling 100% is when you actually have the opportunity for immense amount of growth. And so when I was really, really upset a few weeks ago, I was thinking, okay, since I really feel like I've hit bottom, at least I know that this is usually when I get up and I just soar. Because it's almost your only option when you're feeling like things are really, really shitty, you have to change them. And then you end up growing so much and making such positive change. Obviously, that's the best case scenario. And there totally are other ones. But I think that's the positive twist I like to put on the low points of my life is like whenever something really bad is going on, or I'm in a really bad place, I've really used it as a launching pad to kind of grow and achieve even more. I Instagram storied for you guys to ask me questions about the mood of the day and I got so many so many so many incredible ones I was like writing all of them down and then I realized there's just way too many and I kind of want to touch on as many as I can but before that I want to talk to you guys just about kind of like what self-growth means to me and what I resonate with it and what maybe would resonate with you I'm not a motivational speaker or like a self-care help specialist this is just stuff that is meaningful to me that I feel could be meaningful to you guys as well. So like the actual definition of personal growth is the ongoing process of understanding and developing oneself in order to achieve one's full potential. So I feel like I'm constantly talking about being the best version of myself. And in order to do that, it is these continual efforts of understanding and developing in order to get to being the best version of yourself. Obviously, like personal development, character, character development is 
a vital part of this, but that's a lot of stuff that kind of stems from your upbringing and kind of growing up. And I feel like we're all probably in our 20s or above. A lot of those formative experiences have already been set in stone. Now it's really about self-reflection and self-building and self-growth. Self-growth is also like maturity, success, happiness. It's the foundation of emotional, physical, intellectual, and spiritual health. So each of these things are kind of the foundation of self. And then you have to grow each of them to be the best version of yourself. There's no like fast and easy way. I think the fastest way for me is obviously hitting a bottom, which I don't think is necessarily healthy. I'd love to get to a place at some point in my life where I'm able to grow and not grow out of like fear and desperation and like, you know, anxiety and depression and then having to force myself to grow from it. I think it'd be really cool to just be able to grow in like a normal way, which I think a lot of you maybe are able to do, which is amazing. So for me, the steps that I kind of take to grow as a person is to evaluate my life honestly. It's kind of like looking at everything and being like, what's working? What's making me happy? What do I want? What do I not have? And not in a negative way, just more like, what do I want that's not here that I can put in here? So it's not like focusing on all the things you don't have. It's focusing on things that are missing that you're supposed to have. Not like unrealistic things of, oh, well, I don't have the biggest house. I want a bigger house. Like that has nothing to do with personal growth. It's more like, oh, I don't have these self-care things. I don't have time for this. I don't focus on this. Like those are the things I want to have in my life. So it's really honestly taking a look at yourself and figuring out like what your issues may be, but even if you don't have any issues, it's kind of thinking, okay, what can I do to be better? And you want to always focus on too, when you're thinking of these things that you can add into your life that are maybe missing from the healthiest and best version of your life. It's not about like striving to be perfect and to be like others. It's genuinely stuff that fuels and aligns with your happiness and your va- and your values. Like I said, a way to grow is obviously change, right? So it it does require switching things up. And I think a lot of people are always saying, okay, but how do you get motivation to do that? I think something that resonated with me recently that might resonate with you guys and has really helped me is something Kenzie actually told me, which is it's not motivation, it's discipline. Because sometimes you're just never going to have the motivation to maybe do something that you don't want to do. But if you give yourself discipline and you just make yourself do it, those small things are just going to become habitual and turn into a skill that you just know how to do and affect your life positively. But maybe you don't necessarily have motivation to do them one day, but you just have the discipline and you know that you have to do them. You do them and then you feel great because of that. There are so many things that I have to do in order to grow as a person that majority of the time I don't want to do. And now that I've kind of switched it in my brain to think of, okay, why am I not motivated? I think of, you know what? Discipline. You fucking have to go. You have to do these things. You're going. And that kind of made me feel less guilty about maybe not feeling motivated and getting myself to do these things. For instance, working out, therapy, getting out of the house, just stuff like that. It's not like, oh, what's going to motivate me to go to therapy tonight? What's going to motivate me to get to the gym? It's discipline. I have to go you're going. That's it. So sometimes with change, you just have to figure out what you want to change and then actually work on disciplining yourself to do those things instead of finding the motivation because you can search for motivation forever. It's something that you can totally convince yourself that you're just never going to have motivation to do. But if you just discipline yourself, then you really have no excuses. Another thing that I think is a big part of self-growth is really aligning those priorities and goals with your values. And I think that's where like a spiritual kind of aspect comes into play as well because I think as you get older, you kind of start thinking 
more about like the meaning of your life and your purpose and what you really value and what you care about and whether it's work or what you do in your free time or who you hang out with just the decisions you make I think you tend to start valuing them more and wanting them to align with your morals and your values I know I used value twice but what I'm saying is they just have to have meaning and you're not just doing things that don't align with how you connect with this world and so I think for me that's kind of what I've been focusing on as well is doing things that are meaningful and align with my values so that I'm only you know 25 right now and so by the time that I'm 30 I have this really kind of enriched and I say 30 just because it's like you know it's a five-year goal type of thing but let's say in five years I have this really kind of like enriched and meaningful life because the things that I prioritize and the goals that I have have come out of places of real real value and importance and like my moral compass has been aligned with them and my spiritual side has been aligned with them as well so I think a lot of self-growth really takes an honest look at like what are my values what what is my spiritual kind of health like do I have any form of spiritual life and everyone's is so 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 different that's why it's kind of like a vague conversation because my spiritual beliefs are probably different than yours but that doesn't mean we can't have our own version of a spiritual connection with something in this world because life has meaning and you have to do things that are meaningful or else you're just a robot I think you grow a lot when you start actually making decisions based on what's the best for you and what aligns with your values and that really comes down to also putting yourself first mentally and physically I think that's the biggest growth situation that I've had to go through in my 20s you know you're not a kid anymore you don't have someone making your meals for you You don't have someone telling you you have to do things you have to obviously give yourself your own discipline because you don't have parents or teachers or anything like that and you really have to take care of yourself in my 20s I let my health slide up and down and up and down and you realize that you can't be the best version of yourself without taking care of your health at all and personal growth is an ongoing process and you want to make sure that your emotional and physical health are involved in that another reason I wanted to talk about personal growth is because it leads to a better career and a relationship and an overall life like I was kind of saying with the whole values thing and a lot of times everyone's like let's do dating advice let's do career advice let's do all this other stuff and it really all starts with you and it starts with you growing as a person and getting to a point where like I was even saying that I can just grow organically and feel good while growing and not have to grow out of these deep dark holes but you really as you grow as a person that journey for you leads you to the best career the best relationship because you've done the work on yourself to bring you to those places all right guys quick break because I am so freaking excited about this sponsor I obviously have never really got to do a lot of dating apps in my 20s because I've been dating Cameron for quite some time and I've always wondered what the hype was about so since I'm in a relationship I've taken it upon myself to find a date for my assistant Zoe she's always going on dates that I have to hear about and I've decided to get involved yeah you heard that right I'm on a dating app now with Cameron, of course, but I'm swiping to actually find guys for Zoe. This app is called Ship, S-H-I-P, and I'm loving living vicariously through her. I literally stayed up the first night I downloaded it, and I was like, I need to go to bed, and I was swiping. I got her two matches. 
two matches and I was swiping. I was like, left, right, left, right, left, right. So here's how it works. If you're single and you invite a group of friends to join your crew, those friends can help you find matches. The best part is if you're not single like me, you can still join to help your friends out. You don't need to make a profile or anything like that. You just join your friend's crew and start swiping. I even asked her, I was like, are people going to see that like I'm the one that matched you guys? Nope. It's just I help her find matches. One of the fun things about Ship is there's a group chat with your crew. Zoe sometimes doesn't know what to say, especially if I find her a match. So we can always chat and I'll be like, oh my God, this guy is so cute. You actually need to send him a message right now. So I basically bother her not only on text message now, I bother her on the ship app as well. I can't message Zoe's matches, which she's really grateful for. However, I can force her to message the matches I get for her. It's really fun to see who I match her with as opposed to who she matches with because I know her so well. I see her every day and I could either be a little more tough on my swipes or I can see something in someone that maybe she didn't see because I just like have a fine eye, you know? I know you don't want to judge a book by its cover, but like I can really see someone, you know? I look directly into their soul. I'm like literally seriously loving this. I want to get all my best friends from home on it because it's so, so, so fun. Finding a date is more fun if you do it with your friends. Download Ship, that's S-H-I-P, the app that lets you swipe with friends. Search for ship dating in the app store and start swiping today before i jump into your guys's questions i'll tell you like the main things that i do to grow as a person the first thing is obviously therapy i think if you're honestly looking at yourself it really really helps to look at yourself with an unbiased professional educated person that can actually help you look at yourself in a healthy and positive way what i've learned from therapy is kind of how to change my way of thinking to not let my anxiety take over to really know what anxiety is and how it affects my brain when my anxiety was so bad and i didn't go to therapy i didn't know what was real and what wasn't real in my head and it just drove me crazy and so for me therapy has allowed me to grow as a person by not only dealing with past trauma because we always have to look at ourselves overall but then kind of on a week-to-week basis grow as a person because I'm able to kind of process this growth process with another person that really helps me stay on the right track and think rationally and in a healthy way. Besides therapy on my own, I've done that kind of self-reflection and really looked at, okay, what has changed in my life? What what are things that I used to do that were really good for me that are missing? And what are things that I need to improve on? And I found myself kind of switching up my routines and my priorities. And I think that also kind of can trickle into your friendships and your relationships. I'm really fortunate that I have a partner that like wants the best for me. He sees the best in me, but he also pushes me to be the best version of myself. So it's like a really, really good just like teammate to have that because honestly if I didn't have Cameron I don't even know where I would be right now he is just like immensely immensely changed my life and allowed me to be the best version of myself and I just I could literally do a whole episode about that (laughs) but it's true like I I, I get scared to think of where I would be if I didn't have him and not in a dependent way at all just in a genuine like he has pushed me so much to be the best version of myself and I'm so glad because who knows where I would have ended up if I had a different kind of person in my life. So I think you have to really look at the people around you and the places you're going. And those are things that I did. And I changed a lot. I mean, even at a really young age, I stopped hanging out with certain people and stopped doing certain things because they just they didn't align with my values. And they didn't align with kind of how I wanted to spend my days. And then the main thing that I do is I really have just put myself first more. I think for me, it's something really difficult to do. I don't really open up to people. I push a lot of things down. I deal with it internally. The only person I really do talk to is my therapist. And I want to make sure that everyone else is taken care of. So 
in honest self-reflection, I've really learned to kind of actually take care of myself and put myself first so that I can actually take better care of people. Not so that I don't take care of them at all, but I think if I want to be able to take care of people, I, I have to take care of myself as well. And I just really, really haven't done that like almost ever. And it really comes back to that discipline thing. I think there was a point where I was taking really good care of myself, but I lost the discipline and then you kind of blame it on motivation. And so now I'm kind of learning to discipline myself more while also balancing my physical needs of rest and just relaxation, but then also disciplining myself to do those things that maybe I don't have motivation to go do. Obviously, personal growth stems from the word growth. So like these things are always going to be changing and evolving, but I think it's always good for us to really like take an honest look at ourselves. And I think a really big push to get there could be like, okay, look at myself right now. Do I want to be this exact version of myself in like five years, like I was saying? And I think that that really kind of allows yourself to reflect and think, okay, if I did look at my future self, what would I want for her? And then implement those things into your life now instead of just thinking they're going to happen all of a sudden because they're not. It's a continuous process. And there's, there are these little things that you have to implement into your life every single day over time to kind of be that better version of yourself. And in order to grow, you have to start now. It's not just going to like magically happen overnight. It really, really helps just kind of create a better life for you and lead you down better paths. And it's something you want to do personally too. Like obviously the help of a therapist and a partner are are really really great but at the end of the day the only person that can help you with your personal growth is yourself no one cares about you more than you and no one is affected by you more than you so if you want to make changes and you want to grow you have to do them for yourself you can have support but you are the one that's physically taking the steps and you are the one that's physically making the change I also feel weird that like I've never really fully told my like kind of story of how I've gotten to where I am or whatever but I don't think it really matters essentially if it does let me know and we can do like a deep dive into like something like that but let's move on to your guys's questions about self-growth okay the first question someone asked is what are your favorite books for personal growth I'm someone who I think I've said this before I really don't like self-help books but I definitely did read them back in the day maybe before maybe back when I was like a little more insecure and like didn't know myself as well so I don't really read too many books like that but I definitely read like a lot of articles and kind of flood my social media feed with similar like inspirational things um but I think if you honestly just google like the go-to books I've read some amazing books there's this one called how's your soul by Judah Smith I think is a really great book everyone loves the book called lean in and then I really really liked the book called slight edge someone asked what are your tips for building a morning routine I think a morning routine is really important for personal growth because it really sets your day up, which sets your life up. And those are the continuous things that make you a better person. I think routine in general is. And it's all about discipline. Like I said, a lot of people have the misconception that you have to be born a certain way and you can't change. I'm someone who's all about growth and all about change. That's why I've kind of almost replaced the word change in my vocabulary to grow because everyone's always like people can't change or people change. And I'm like, no, you're allowed to grow. You can grow with someone. You can grow on your own. Growing is good. And so if you're not born a certain way that like, let's say you love waking up in the morning or you aren't accustomed to drinking a celery juice in the morning, those are skills that you can teach yourself that you can be good at and that you can implement into your life. Those are not things you have to just 
naturally be able to do. You're able to develop and learn and implement skills into your life. And I think a morning routine is a skill and you just have to work it, you know, like the best way to improve on a skill is to practice. The practice really comes from the discipline of doing those things every morning, seeing what works and seeing what makes you feel the best. So my tips for a morning routine are really kind of like write out what your ideal morning routine would look like what's realistic about it how do you start and make those small little things that you think are like almost like mood boosters like things that are going to make you want to get up in the morning things that maybe you don't necessarily have the motivation to do but when you're done you actually feel good afterward and start playing around with a few different things setting those alarms and really just forcing yourself I mean I even got in the rut one time when I was dating Cameron for a while I just like didn't want to wake up in the morning because I just wanted to cuddle in bed because I was so in love and then one day you're just like okay the honeymoon phase needs to be over and I need to just force myself to get up and start disciplining myself and develop a new skill set in the morning that's going to make me have a routine and lead me down a better path throughout the rest of my day. Someone asked, do you feel like breakups help us grow? I really, really do. Um, I made a video like years ago when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend about how just like life-changing it was almost because it was a combination of finally actually taking care of myself and growing as a person to then be able to realize what I actually wanted in a relationship. So I think that like, Obviously, when you get broken up with or you break up with someone, it's it's one of those things where immediately it's painful and it's hard. No matter if it's the right or the wrong thing, breakups are hard. But I do think it's a really incredible opportunity to be able to focus on yourself because you're no longer tied to a partner that wasn't right for you and you're able to grow as a person. So I think it's really, really important to actually, once you're done kind of like grieving and mourning the relationship, you can actually put your energy into a positive place and focus on yourself. And then you're almost setting yourself up for that next relationship because I always said and it's so cliche and cheesy but you literally can't love someone else until you love yourself and I learned that the hard way because I didn't love myself in my first relationship at all I was completely dependent on my ex-boyfriend and there was nothing wrong with him we were just not a match and I didn't love myself enough to realize it and I have abandonment issues and so I wouldn't leave and it wasn't until I started growing as a person that I was able to leave and then once I wasn't in the the relationship anymore I was really able to double down and focus on growing as a person which got me kind of to the next phase of my life and meeting Cameron etc someone asked what should I do if my goals are no longer aligning with my friends and their lifestyles I touched on this a little bit earlier but I think first thing you need to realize is what is toxic versus what is just not aligning anymore because if something is genuinely toxic there's absolutely no reason for that to be in your life whatsoever if something is draining you if something is bringing you down if something makes you feel just absolutely horrible when you're around it, you need to get it out immediately. I don't care what it is, it needs to go. If it's just genuinely not aligning anymore, but you're still like really care about those people, I think there are different friendships for different things and you don't need to spend all of your time with those people. You need to put yourself first, take time for yourself and distance yourself from those people. You don't have to cut them out of your life, but you know, you don't have to entertain them all the time. You don't need to be bratty about it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, why are you so concerned with what I'm doing with my time? Like I'm taking care of myself. Like, do you need me or not? And obviously there's way nicer ways to say that, but it's just kind of one of those things where like you don't need to be available for all of these people and all of these things all the time. If someone's like, hey, let's go to the club and you're like, I don't want to go. And they, they say, you're a loser. Why do you care so much if I go to the club? Like, why do they need you at the club? If you don't want to be at the club, you don't need to be at the club. So if that doesn't align with what you want to do anymore, but you still love those people, 
you have to say, listen, I want to start doing different things. But like, if you want to go grab coffee or do something that aligns with my lifestyle, you can. And that's like such a mature thing. And if someone can kind of actually take that in, that means the right friendship for you. And if not, you can't accustom your lifestyle and your values to other people's. You have to put yours first. Someone said how to grow after a breakup. I think it kind of goes back to a lot of things that I was saying before of just like self-honest reflection, figuring out what you need in your life. And honestly, I just can't recommend therapy enough. It's just like so incredible. It really is. I think that you really just have to look at it as a positive opportunity and really start just like revitalizing your life, make a new routine, make a new schedule, start doing new things. It's change it's growth just change it up the only way to grow is put yourself in new situations and you're newly single start doing new things start just like trying things that maybe you weren't doing before when you're in a relationship it's really easy to be dependent and on each other's lifestyles and maybe only hang out with your boyfriend's friends or only do the things that your boyfriend likes to do and this is a time where you can do new things that actually are meaningful to you someone says I have goals and don't want to be lazy but I'm also bad at knowing when to slow down I think that is a lot of what we talked about last week and knowing how to like slow down anti-hustle culture, knowing to really have your priorities straight and not just hustle, hustle, hustle. I think it's really great to have goals, but you also want to have realistic goals. And a great way to do that is to list your goals in order of importance and check them off the list and then kind of allow yourself to move things from a list that maybe weren't completed to another list and not freak out that you didn't get everything on this list done in one day. They're written down in order of priority. You get through as many as you can. And at a certain time, you have to know it's time to shut off because if you want to really achieve your goals, you can't if you're burnt out. So you're actually making a smarter decision by stopping the list and moving it to another day so that you can relax and have an amazing day the next day. There's literally nothing glamorous about being exhausted. You're not your best self no matter what. So knowing when to tap out is so, so, so important and it's actually going to allow you to achieve more. Someone asked when you're growing in your career, how do you know when to move on even though you're comfortable? I kind of can relate to, but also... I'm so hard on myself that it's hard to relate to because I never get too comfortable because I'm so hard on myself. So there probably are times when I should be comfortable and I don't even allow myself to enjoy it. Um, And I think that it kind of goes back to what I was saying about like, no matter what you can grow organically, you don't have to do something drastic, like literally feeling like shit and having to like grow from the bottom up. Um, so I think if you are really, really comfortable in your workspace, you just want to make sure you're still challenging yourself. You don't want anything in life to be easy because nothing that's worth it is easy. For instance, it can even be like with a relationship. Like when people are like, oh, I've never fought with my significant other. I'm like, I literally feel bad for you because you fight for things that you love. And if you're not able to fight with someone, it means you're holding something back and you're probably bottling something down. And so if you're just comfortable, it's like, why are you so comfortable? What can you actually be challenging yourself for? Like in my career, I want to be challenged. I want to be comfortable in a sense. I don't have anxiety, but I don't want to be too comfortable where I'm just like not inspired and passionate and driven so I think you have to really figure out what kind of comfortable you are and if you're just literally way too comfortable where you're what you're doing isn't meaningful to you and you don't feel like you're giving value into this world I think that's when you need to change I felt like I wasn't putting into the world something of value anymore and that's why I knew I wanted to change and so if you're just going to a job and just working for someone else's dream and it's not even for for like a good reason like that's when you're like okay I need to do something meaningful with my life and I need to change I think a lot of people focus on like money and what it looks like 
on the outside and they don't focus on the inside. And I think a lot of times when people think about work, they think about that. Like, how can I be the richest person? How can I be the most successful on paper? And it's like, I think the best things start from things that are meaningful and you feel like the world genuinely needs. It's like doing good and putting good into the world. I think that's actually more important than being successful on paper. Kind of reflect and think, okay, how can I challenge myself? How can I push myself forward? Not just how can I be richer? How can I be bigger? How can I be better? Like, how can I feel like I'm doing more for other people and how can I feel like my life has more meaning? Someone says, how to be a normal human and not cling to my boyfriend as if he's my childhood blankie. Obviously, I think when we're like feeling down and insecure, it's really easy to cling to our significant others. Um, I I think I've just grown up very independent, so I'm never really too clingy. Um, I've never even had kind of like a male figure in my life to lean on in general. So it's something that I'm just like not naturally able to do but I think a lot of times when you're in a romantic relationship it's really easy even if you've never had that like I have it's really easy to fall into that pattern because it's just kind of like innately in us and you have to realize that if you're growing as a team you and your partner you and your boyfriend whatever you want to be bringing just as much value to the relationship as the other person. And you want to be proud of what you bring to the relationship. So if all you're bringing to the relationship is leaning on them, following them, like living in their world, it's just, it's not going to last. You, unless he's just like literally not the right person for you and wants a doormat, in which case you don't want to be in that relationship anyway, you want your partner to see the value in you and need you just as much as you need them. Not just like, okay, I'm along for the ride. Like I'm my man's arm candy. Like you bring value to the relationship as well. And that takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of self-growth to be able to know your worth, love yourself and be able to take care of yourself. And the real self-growth and being in a relationship can be, it doesn't have to be complicated. You should be with someone that supports you and wants you to be the best version of yourself and wants you to take that time for yourself so that you can be a better partner as well. Like Cameron loves when I take care of myself because he knows that he's getting the best version of me and I'm able to be the best partner ever. And if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm the shittiest partner ever. So know that if you're clinging to your boyfriend, you really need to focus on stuff within yourself and that he should be proud of you for doing that. And then you're actually going to be able to be a better girlfriend. The last thing I'll touch on is kind of outgrowing things as well. I think, like I said, you have to be able to be open to change. It's not as scary as it sounds. Take the word change out of your vocabulary and replace it with growth. Change is scary. Growth is so amazing growth is exciting because you when you're growing you're getting bigger and you're stronger I mean think about it physically if you're growing you're literally able to do more imagine if you stayed a fetus your whole life you'd be weak you would need to be taken care of when you grow you're able to be a self-efficient and self-supporting human being and so how do you be the best version of yourself you grow So don't think of change and growth as the scary thing and that you're comfortable and you don't want to do anything. Every single person can grow. Even if you're comfortable, there are little things that you can do. It doesn't have to be like, I have to grow. I need to cut out every one of my life. I need to start new. Like, no, you're never going to be like, you're never going to be a blank slate. Like you, you never are. You can deal with your trauma and you can deal with your past and make it a positive thing that makes you into a better person, but you're never going to be a blank slate be a blank slate. So look at self-growth as a daily ritual and a daily habit and a mandatory to-do. You should always be growing as a person every single day, whether it's one small thing or a bunch of small things or a big change you need to make. 
It doesn't matter where you lie on the spectrum, but you need to grow as a person every day because when you grow as a person, you're able to be better in your career, better in your relationships, better in your romantic relationships, better in your own mind. I know a lot of times it's easy for us to not even consider growing until we're literally at rock bottom. I know that I can speak firsthand on that. So, but I can tell you that the way I felt even in a week's time from implementing small things into my life, I literally had such an amazing week. Not every week is going to be amazing, but knowing that I'm aligning my priorities with my values and doing things that are just making me a better person. And then in return, I'm able to give better energy to other people. It really, really changes the way you feel on an everyday basis. So before we wrap up, I know I got so many more questions than that, but I obviously want to make sure I read a couple of your emails. Last break to tell you guys about one of the new favorite hair care products that I'm using. Pros are customized hair care products for people, not hair types. I'm a person, not a hair type. Pros creates custom shampoo and conditioners based on your personal hair analysis and their algorithm. Their online consultation dives into every conceivable factor that affects your hair health. They stand by clean and responsible beauty, which is something I'm really, really focused on in my home lately. Every formula is sustainably sourced and cruelty-free. Pros can accommodate virtually any preference, including vegan, gluten-free, and more. The customization experience goes beyond the initial consultation. With every order, Pros optimizes formulas based on lifestyle and seasonal changes, which is so, so, so cool. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair questionnaire, which is how I got started. I talked about my texture and where I live, what type of stuff that I eat, because your beauty comes from the inside out. And also you have a natural hair type, even though we all have to style our hair a certain way. So you get damage and I exercise a lot, which makes my hair super greasy. And I kind of explained to them my overall hair goals. And then they just determined a unique blend of ingredients to treat my exact concerns. I love the total cleanse because I hate the feeling of being dirty from the gym and then I also love their formula that is for damage repair and heat protectant because even after I'm sweating and I'm doing all this stuff and I really want to cleanse it I want to also prepare it for the styling that it's about to endure by the way the packaging is really 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 cute and I'm all about aesthetic This is literally such an amazing company. I'm so excited to be working with them. Their stuff is amazing. But if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care that you've ever had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Get a free consultation and 20% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash mood. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash mood for a free consultation and 20% off. Okay, let's jump into hashtag my mood. If you guys ever need any advice, you're feeling a certain way, you want to tell me all about what mood you're in, all you have to do is email me at moodwithlaurenelizabeth at gmail.com. Tell me what your mood is, what's going on, and I'll try to give you some advice. This one is a quickie, and I kind of liked it because it's a little bit different. It's about business. This girl says, my mood is dot, 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 business bitch, question mark. Do you feel it's necessary to have a separate business Instagram account to share work slash business endeavors? Example, I'm fresh out of college trying to grow my business as a dance choreographer, so I feel like the smart thing to do would be to share my work on my main page since I already have an established following, but the 22-year-old basic bitch in me cringes at the idea of breaking up my feed with dance videos help. I also picked this because I'm very passionate about this. You cannot mix your personal and your business accounts. You just, you literally can't. I know it might seem like, for instance, I have quite a few accounts and that's more on a side of because I wanted to kind of make focused pages, but I still don't technically have like a personal, personal account. I don't 
I guess I just don't have a personal life, but I don't post anything to Lauren Elizabeth that doesn't align with the Lauren Elizabeth brand. And if I started another business, I wouldn't put it into Lauren Elizabeth. I would make sure it's such a focused endeavor that it needs to live on its own. When you're starting a new business, you have to remember that Instagram is like your resume. So I always tell this to people kind of like in the creative and beauty space. I'm sorry, but if you're doing, let's say, eyebrows, I also don't care what you had for brunch. I'm not I'm not coming to your Instagram to look what you had for brunch. I'm coming to make sure you're not going to fuck up my eyebrows. So your Instagram profile literally represents your business. And if you are not your business, you need to make a, se- a second account. There is no shame in having a personal account and a business account and promoting your business on your personal because obviously you're proud of it and you want to share it with people in your personal life and maybe cross demographics cross followings you want to make sure that everything business-wise fits under the same umbrella and you're not kind of reaching your arms out too far but when it comes to personal personal and you like have that 22 year old mindset you need to start a second account you want people to come to your page know exactly what you're selling know exactly what to expect when they kind of look into your business you don't want to confuse them with like oh I was at a tailgate but also like choreography over here if you do have a large following already and you kind of have been doing a mix of both and you want to keep those numbers then make that one your business account and make a new personal one but I never suggest mixing the two because I think you just need a clear focus I think you need clear boundaries for yourself as well as other people you never want to mix business and pleasure and when you do in your personal life then you start to kind of like not know when you're working when you're not working when you're on the clock when you're off the clock and you want to make sure you have a really organized business as well that really represents the business not your personal life my mood is not feeling good lately I've had panic attacks and anxiety since 2017 one year ago I was feeling very depressed but I really didn't know how to express myself with my family here in Italy going to therapy is not a popular thing to do and also we are not very informed about depression also I didn't want to scare my parents and give them worries so I kept it all inside I feel better now but sometimes the anxiety and the depression comes back and I really just reached the point where I'm tired of feeling like shit for no reason I was hoping you could suggest ways to introduce the topic of therapy to my parents or if you know how I can help myself to exit from this situation and I hope you feel this wasn't too boring I definitely don't think it's too boring because I think even though you did briefly mention you live in Italy which is so sick a lot of people, even America, aren't comfortable talking about therapy and about mental health. And I think as like millennials and people our age, it's definitely something we see a lot more on social media and we're getting more comfortable with and there's new apps and commercials. But it's still when you're younger, you do want to bring it up to your parents. You don't want to have to just deal with it alone. It's really important to have a support system. Obviously, your parents, your boyfriend, your friends, they're never going to be your therapist. You can't put that pressure on them as a person either. And it's really important you open up to whoever you feel most comfortable with. And I know it's really, really hard and scary, especially if you have someone who has probably never experienced it before and doesn't really get it. And I think you have to go in with an open mind of like, listen, you don't need to fix this. This is not your problem to fix. This is my issues. I just need your support. I need you to listen and be compassionate. I can help you understand if you would like. But this is not your problem to fix. I think a lot of times when you express anxiety and depression to people, they really want to fix it and they want to make you feel better. And sometimes the only thing that's going to make you feel better is genuinely seeking professional help. You obviously want to have that positive support that's going to obviously make you feel a little bit better. But I think the main thing that you're expressing is that you need to seek therapy and it's totally okay. I think even if you seek therapy and you don't tell your parents, you're still going to have this weight that you're not being honest with them as well. Unless you're someone who like totally doesn't mind doing that. But I found that 
that bottling things in is one of the most unhealthy things for me in the entire world. I think having a conversation where you preface like I don't want you to worry. I just really want you to be honest and just like would love your support. And like maybe if I could lean on you every now and then that would be great. But I think I'm going to seek help because I just want to talk to someone. I want to talk to a professional and I want to try it out. You can make it something that's like really casual and just really positive. It doesn't have to be always a cry for help or something that is really, really dramatic and like feels like the world's ending. I think taking care of your mental health is such a positive thing that when we bring it up, it feels like you're bringing up like a negative problem and putting it on other people when when A, you're not putting it on anyone else because it's not their problem. It couldn't even be if you wanted it to be because no one else can fix it but you and like actual help. And B, it's like you are getting help, which means you're going to be a better person and you're going to feel better. So this is actually a positive thing. It's such a mature and like incredible thing that you have the self-awareness to recognize that you might need help. And there are so many people that don't get help and then suffer for the rest of their lives. So it's like, this is amazing. This is something you should absolutely share. And it's like, listen, I'm not feeling great, but like, I'm going to I'm going to get help and I'm going to take control of this. And when I'm not feeling great, I'd love to be able to lean on you. And if you need help understanding, I can totally, you know, send you an article or do whatever this is. But this is what I'm doing with my life. And I really want your support. Okay, last hashtag my mood. Mood, stressed AF. I'm in my third year at university, but my first year in a new faculty. And I'm really struggling with balancing my school life, my friends, and my family. I really want to do well in school this year as I've switched facilities to something I genuinely enjoy now. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I think now that I'm doing something I love, I care a lot more about how well I'm doing in my classes. But in turn, I've been pushing my friends, family, and boyfriend to the side, and I can tell they're starting to get frustrated with me for it. In addition, I'm in a few extracurriculars that I'm so passionate about. So when I'm hanging out with my friends and family, that's all I seem to talk about. What would you say your best tips for managing your business with your friends and family? Do you get excited to talk about all your special and exciting projects with them? If so, do you think they get tired of it after a while like I'm facing? How do you combat this? This is really interesting because obviously you're struggling with kind of balancing your time, but then also how you're talking about it all the time too. And so I think it kind of goes back to something I said earlier, which is knowing when to shut off. It's so incredible that you're so passionate about what you're doing, but you are not defined by your work or your education. There are other things that have importance in life as well. It can be your number one priority, but it does not need to define you and you need to shut off and you need to be a normal human sometimes. So even if it's literally having 30 minutes of a meaningful conversation, as long as it's meaningful, that's enough. You have to give yourself a little bit of time to do other things as well. I think a main thing too is like at the end of the day when we talk to our significant others, we kind of give them a recap of the day and we tell them everything that happened in our day and we don't really connect with them. I think it's really good to be able to share stuff that you're excited about with other people, but it shouldn't be the only thing. I remember with my ex-boyfriend, we would kind of only talk about business and at a certain point I was like, are we dating or are we business partners? Like we should be able to just like have fun and enjoy each other's company and just like be chill as well as talk about the stuff that's meaningful and important and going on in our lives to make sure we're supported and on the same team. So it's really just kind of like knowing when to listen and be there for other people in your life. But then also you want to be able to share it with them. You don't want to be, you don't want to have to hide stuff from them. I, I mean, it sounds like you really just have to focus on making sure you're kind of making time for other people and connecting with them because such good things are going on in your life. You don't want to change any of that. You want to just make sure you're not giving everything you have to that. The most dramatic thing I could say to you is it's lonely at the top. And if you do all this stuff that you're passionate about and you get to it and you build this big business and you change the world and you cure cancer and all this stuff, and then you have no one to share it with, 
that's going to suck. So all these other things in your life are still super important, even though what you're doing right now is really, really great and your number one priority that you're passionate about, but it can't be the only thing that consumes you and consumes your mind. But make sure you give yourself those little moments in the day to really connect with your boyfriend, to really connect with your mom and dad. Don't just call them about work. Ask them how they are. Ask your boyfriend how he's doing. Maybe ask him what he wants to do that night and just go with the flow. If he wants to go out and get dinner and go to all this and someone's like, oh, well now let's go to this next bar and like whatever I'm like I've been out for six hours I have boundaries and I need to be able to focus on my work and like I'm gonna go home I've done enough so you have to have boundaries for yourself but you can but you still can let yourself get outside of your comfort zone a little bit and then have the boundaries and get back to work honestly it sounds like everything's going amazing and you just need to kind of give yourself a little bit more to the people that love you and love them back because they're important wowie 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 I feel like I've been recording for six and a half hours, but here we are at the end of this week's mood. I'm so excited we got to talk about personal growth as we dive into other moods and topics and everything like that. I'm truly just passionate about everything I said on this podcast episode and wanted to share it with you guys and answer your questions. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe. Give me your feedback on Instagram. It's my favorite place to talk to you guys. Seriously, I read through every single one of your DMs. And don't forget to email me for next week's advice section. Subscribe to the podcast so it pops up right away on your morning commute next week if you haven't already. Follow me on Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth. And you can also head over to laurenelizabethinc.com and just type in Lauren Elizabeth on YouTube. I have all my Valentine's Day gift guides up. I have some vlogs up. I have so much stuff going on for you guys so it doesn't end here. You can get even more mood boosters and constant mood boosting energy all the time on all my platforms. I love you guys so, so, so much. Thank you for letting me indulge on this personal topic and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Bye.